This episode of Above the Standard is brought to you by Fire Mall Tools. You ever think to yourself, man, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better tool to do this job. Well, Mitch and the guys at Fire Mall Tools did just that. They engineered a better breaching tool. Whether you're f- forcing a door or venting a roof, they developed the tool, the Mauler, now the Reaper, now the TSR Halligan, that's going to make our job easier. Not only that, they have a grip system, a grip kit, patented. All their stuff's patented. And that, and that makes swinging the axe way better. It makes swinging anything better. It makes making a New York hook go through lath and plaster way easier. We've all gotten snagged trying to pull that thing down through the roof, through the ceiling. Sucks. But their grip system, man, it works. If you haven't, check out Fire Mall Tools, the best damn tools on the market. And everything's made in the USA, just outside of Chicago. They have great stuff. They have more great things coming. If you haven't already, check them out. Fire Mall Tools. How's it going, everyone? My name is Chris Hagen. This is Above the Standard, the podcast brought to you by Barbell Battalion. And if you haven't, uh, check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok. Uh, the content is different between all platforms, so it's something different across the board. You'll see my daughter, my dog, and, and, and my beautiful wife. Um, and if you haven't, give us a, a, a like, a follow, uh, give us a review on on the, the podcast, and shoot us a DM if you know anyone that has a great story to tell. All right. So today, I have one of my most anticipated guests. I was so lucky that he gave me his time, and I was so honored that he gave me his time, and we connected. Uh, my guest is retired Special Forces uh, soldier Pat McNamara. Pat spent two decades plus in the military and has since created and cultured and curated one of the most engaging and inspiring Um, social media platforms that show him utilizing all sorts of things for fitness. And we talk fitness, we talk nutrition, and we talk about just staying active and making ourselves a functioning, good human for as long as possible. I had so much fun talking with Pat. He's a phenomenal guy. If you haven't, check out TMAX Inc. on Instagram. We'll we'll, uh, throw it up there for you. Uh, but please give it up for the great, the powerful, the inspiring, the well in shape, great goatee, Pat McNamara. Three, two, one, and we're recording. All right. So this is uh, my name is Chris Hagen. This is Above the Standard uh, podcast, and today um, I'm talking with the legendary Pat McNamara. And Pat, thank you so much for donating your time. Uh, to joining us today right on Chris thanks for having me I mean if I could impart information on your platform and help somebody out I'm all about it it's uh I I can tell you that the the first uh kind of instance I had with you the first exposure I had to you like any good millennial is is through social media and Mm -hmm. I was seeing this guy that just you know tan shirtless in, in his driveway doing rubber band workouts and obviously the 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 content brought me there but the message kept me there sort of thing and right. uh one of the biggest things i even reached out to you just in a in a random dm um earlier like last year maybe earlier this year was 
that you spoke about the working in uh in this transverse plane and right. um before we get into that, I just want to talk to you a little bit. What what is your you know, I, I one thing I don't really know, what's your military career and background? So I'm a 22-year special ops vet. Uh, my whole career was nothing but uh, special ops in the Army. Um, a whole laundry list of really cool units. I was very fortunate because I was uh, like vanilla pedestrian, Green Beret, but I also did some Cold War stuff. Uh, and then I did uh, 13 years at, uh, at the unit it, with the uh, United States Special Operations Command. And retired in 05. So real fortunate, very lucky. I got all the cool schools, all the scare badges, <laughs> good uh, deployment time. I've uh, seen the world a couple times over. So, yeah, very fortunate, you know. But but one of the things I'll, I'll talk about, too, is, you know, what led me into the physical world or post-retirement. What kept me there was by the time I retired, I had four reconstructed surgeries, 13 broken bones, two concussions, TBI. And, um, I did not want to be one of these broke dick mofos who is, you know, couch ridden and, uh, can't, can't move around, can't provide for himself or his family. So I had to get smart about the workout thing. And I'd started that even before I retired. So yeah, that's kind of like a quick background. Awesome. What, um, what was it that I guess, tr- not want to say triggered you, but what happened when you were like, listen, I don't want to be, bro- I don't want to be 50, 60 broke and have to crawl my way to the stairs. Um, you know, what, what triggered that? Or, or was it just this progressive mindset that you cultivated through either your career or, or those around you? Yeah, it was, it was a progressive mindset. It was, there was no like trigger moment. Um, one of the first times I ever had legitimate training, like physical training from a legitimate strength coach. I was probably mid thirties. And by then I was already, I was already broken up some, but I was still really fit. I mean, the guys in the unit were, are just unbelievable. They're, they're, they're next level dudes, man. I mean, they're cyborgs, fittest, fittest dudes on the, on the planet, you know, all around like functional fitness. Um, but I brought in a strength coach. He was from the university of Michigan, Mike Gittleson. Uh, so those of you who've been in the fitness world for a minute know that name. So he, he was the first one who mentioned to me, he said, Mac, at some point, you have to think self-preservation, longevity, stronger, longer. So that really freaking resonated with me. So I started at that point, let's say, I guess it was mid, late night, late nineties, started working out smarter and started mixing stuff up and, um, and it evolved into my own programming, my own invention. What about that resonated with you, his message? Well, I, I saw guys, like if, if you're a ground pounder in the military, it doesn't matter what branch, but if you're a combat arms guy, you know, so infantry based, right? If you're a ground pounder, combat arms guy in, in the military and you do a career, when you retire after 20, 25 years, you have a lot of ailments. Your, the cartilage in your knees is gone. Your shoulders hurt. Your back is jacked up. Your neck, your 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 joints. You have arthritis. You have bursitis. You know you have a lot of problems. And I, I saw all these guys getting old before their time. So when he 
said that to me about, you know, at some point you got to think stronger, longer. And, and then there was one more thing he said. He said, a male, if you maintain a good level of fitness, you, you could peak out at the age of 45. And I went, holy crap. All right. Well, let me, let me get on this better. You know, let me start taking yeah. care of my body a little bit more. And sure shit. He was, he was 100% right at 44, 45 is when I was the fittest of my life. And I having talked to other guys who were like, I'm 56 years old now, but having talked to other guys who have maintained a level of fitness throughout their life, they have all said the exact same thing. Mid forties, the fittest of their life, you know, not necessarily, they can't recover. We can't, you can't recover as fast but you're the strongest, you're the fastest, you know, and, and, and you know how to, uh, um, move, move your body around. It's like, kind of like that. Old, that's when you hit that, that old man strength plateau. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting because there's, there's a lot of, um, I, I want to say like probably more generated by at least a media, me, social media presence or just, um, marketing in general that, that really kind of says like, well, your twenties and maybe your early thirties, that's your maximum. And that might just be from marketing pushes from what they want to sell, but yep. that's super interesting, you know, and, and, and makes sense too. I, I, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll double down on that. There's a guy on, on, on my department who's, uh, in the guard and he's, uh, mid forties and he smokes everyone in their twenties and thirties. Yep. The guy yep. and the guy is in peak physical condition, and he maintains mm -hmm. it right. And yep. and he has yep. the same exact sort of messaging um, that that you put on. And what what we see, at least in the fire service, and for those especially that that kind of run a dual medical paramedic you know department, is we see patients all the time, people that are in their forties, fifties that are are damn near you know i want to say cripple but damn near cripple just from old like their own lack of attention to health and mm -hmm. i can tell you when i went through some medical training and i started learning uh, about high blood pressure that scared the ever-loving shit out of me yeah was right. was not because one how it's just kind of this well i have it and so there's really nothing i can do i have it now well to learn that that generates into congestive heart failure and then you start to fill your lungs up with fluid and then your legs up with fluid and if you don't work to at least control it with diet or exercise you're gonna lead to a really shitty life in the near future mm -hmm. and it's just sad yeah. man yep yep because you know it's funny you say that because though, though i said you know we could we could be at top peak fitness if we maintain a level of fitness in our mid-40s the opposite also applies. If you do not maintain that level of fitness, and let's say you hit 40 years old, you can go downhill real fast at that same, Absolutely. in the same age bracket. And then there's no recovery. You know, you've hit a point of um, no return at that point, and um, uh, it's going to be real hard to come out of that rut. So I always tell guys who are, you know, I understand that life gets in the way. I work a lot with first responders on the range. And, 
you know, especially LEOs, man, they're they're working their asses off. They have horrible shifts. Yep. Now, now you have uh, a family on top of it. It gets harder and harder to find that time to perform that maintenance. And it, it, what it should be is preventative maintenance more than anything, you know. But uh, first responders need to maintain that <coughs> that level of fitness because their lives revolve around the possibility of living in danger. So I'll run into a lot of guys who are, you know, let's say in their mid thirties and they know it, you know, they, they know, yes, I'm out of shape. I'm starting to get a belly. My, uh, my knees hurt, my back hurts. And I always encourage them. I say, Hey man, it's not too freaking late. Just trickle into something. And the, the program that I use mitigates a lot of excuses, time management, equipment, uh, number of days, you know, all that stuff. So I, I help alleviate and mitigate excuses that are common amongst folks who work their freaking asses off. Cause I'm one of those guys. I work, I have four freaking job, four businesses. So I work my ass off, but, um, you know, I'm able to fit it in, but the thing is, it's not going to take me a lot of time. The, you know, working out is, is, is pretty simple. It's just not easy. It's not easy, and you and I think what what separates you and I think everyone else that's that's kind of in that same mindset is that you make that a priority. You understand the longevity that that mm-hmm. is is not going to come if you don't if if you don't at least put it you know as much of a priority. Um, yeah. One of the things I love that you said beforehand and in the past is this this work, and we touched on it earlier. This work within the transverse plane, and yep. and how. The, the, the transverse plane is where um, uh, life-saving and ass-kicking lives. There you and, go. And that is right my on. favorite line because, you know, aside from the woke culture of, of, of you know, kind of this attack on, on LEOs and, and first responders in general, that's essentially where the first responder community exists all the time. Life-saving yep. and ass-kicking. You're gonna, mm-hmm. you know, LEOs are probably more in the ass-kicking realm, but they're dealing with a lot more bullshit than what firemen are dealing with. But we, right. as firemen, have work in a ton of gear and in a, in a thermal index that is way higher than really anybody else. And um, what is it? If you can explain the transverse plane and what the mm-hmm. hell that is and why the hell it's important. Well, see, to, to, under, to understand and talk about that, I want to talk about the other planes of motion. Yes. You know, we guys are notorious for living in what I refer to as a sagittalistic environment. So, you know, sagittal is a plane of motion. And that's everything, like, like that's your bench pressure, your curls, your typical, like, bodybuilding type of exercises. And that's where a lot of guys live, in that sagittal world. And if they're not doing that, they're doing frontal, right? So that's everything laterally. And there's, there's danger to just living in that world. One is you could run into muscular imbalances. Um, and they're, they're going to start creeping up on you later in life. Once again, in your forties, those muscular imbalances, and you're going to wonder why your back hurts, your knees hurt. You have tight hamstrings and stuff like that is because you're not mixing it up enough. So transverse is everything rotational, you know, it's, and, and it's anything that you see, that revolves around life-saving or ass-kicking take place in the transverse plane. So, um, for instance, uh, pulling somebody out of a burning car, that's transverse plane of motion. Helping somebody out of a window, you know, like a, like a firefighter, yeah. that's transverse plane. Punching somebody's mouth loose with a, with a right hook, 
<laughs> that's transverse plane. Yeah. You know, dragging somebody, uh, dragging somebody to the ground so that you could cuff them. That's transverse plane. All that stuff is transverse plane. Whether you're saving somebody's life or kicking somebody's ass, it's all in the transverse plane. And it, to me, it's the most important plane of motion to work. But when we work out, us guys, which one, Chris, which one do we neglect most of all? A thousand percent uh, transverse because we're right. all it's it's yep. it's sagittal yep. based on a on a on a Schwarzenegger based video that we saw right. that we want to do you know curls and, and and shoulder press. Correct. Now, uh, so you know, um, it's it, it's a little mundane until you figure out the 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 fun behind it and the purpose. So now you're purpose driven. You know, when you're working in that transverse play and you could work power, strength, hypertrophy, speed and quickness, all in that transverse plane. And the, the benefits to health and longevity are um, are massive when we work there because we're working and it's overused and abused. You know, the term work your core, but, you know, <laughs> we're working our, our core, our hips, our ass, uh, our glutes are. And, and plus now we're getting muscle recruitment, too, because we're putting all these these uh this motion together with an uneven load in this rotational format so it's extremely important and uh it, the health benefits are immeasurable when we talk transverse plane stuff but we have to that's where we live you know as a special ops guy as a first responder that's where you live when it comes to physical stuff i mean you can't neglect you know being able to sprint and push something straight forward. You have to do that stuff as well and pull something, but you have to work that transverse plane. You have to work uh, uneven loads. You have to trick your body because if you're not tricking your body, you're not going to recognize voids, which is another big component of, uh, my, um, of my programming is, you know, recognizing voids. What is it that I suck at? (laughs) I don't think there's enough time for me to talk about that, but um, <laughs> no, everything else. Oh, okay. oh. But what what's um what's wild too is in our job the 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 lower back I would say is one of the most susceptible like thing. And one, it's due in part to I think a lot of guys that have inadequate health. Two is going to yep. be improper lifting, and two mm-hmm. is just the body mechanics of of what our job entails, which I think circles back to everything that you're saying is we just we neglect the shit out of it you know from from yep. something as as i don't want to say it's easy but if you know look at look around look at the world there's a lot of big people in this world north of yep. three and four hundred pounds at mm-hmm. some point they're going to go to the hospital and we're the people that are going to take them there and if they have to go from the stretcher to the hospital bed there is no other option other than lean over extend your lower back extend your shoulders extend your hips and then try to pull this large, large human that essentially, if they're unconscious, is a bag of jello with sticks in it. Oh yeah, oh and, yeah, and and move them over. And you said, like you said, pulling someone out of a like a, a burning car or someone that's limp. Someone that's limp is going to give you no help. And yep. it's not just a, a a barbell that goes across with two balance weights that you push mm-hmm. up. You're going to have 180 pounds on your left, and then you know. 45 with one leg on the other and then another 90 hanging out off the side, depending on, you know, how they're sloped. And it's really going to throw you off. So it's, that's what kind of kept me there to your content was this, this uh, idea that you have to function in this 
off access transverse. So what if you could throw some workouts out there or, or tips and tricks? Because I know you you've said before, you know, you give me a, a wall and a couple of rubber bands and I'll give you the world. Um, right. you, know, you didn't say that those works exactly, but but I've heard you mention all that kind of stuff. What what would in your program, you know, what are some some ways that people can work within that transverse plane and work, you know, and, and, and kind of maintain their longevity and health? So the the simplest way, the simplest way for me to explain it, I, I have a lot. There's there's so many tricks that I that I have, but they would be hard to explain certainly verbally without without a visual cue. But let's take a um, a sandbag for instance. You know, a good workout sandbag like a brute force or something. I think they're big. Isn't brute force big supporters of the uh, first oh, responder? Yeah, world? very big. Yeah, brute force is huge within the first responder right. community. So you take a brute force bag, for example. And you throw this thing laterally. So you pick it up off the ground. Now, when you're picking stuff off the ground, too, we we want to uh, gener- uh, we want to gradually load it before we generously throw it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. We don't, we don't want to be herky jerky. But the e- that's the easiest way for me to explain a good transverse plane uh, workout is is let's say 50 yards. And, and here's the other thing. Let's, let's, let's call it 50 yards where we have a bag that weighs like, let's say 60, 65, 60 to 80 pounds. And you throw this thing laterally, left side, right side, left side, right side, left side, right side for that 50 yards. And if you're not used to it, the next day, you're going to feel everything in your body. You know, that lower back is going to be killing you. Your quadriceps are going to be killing you because you're not loading straight on, you know, you're loading in in uh, um, uh, unilateral fashion so uh, but you count how many times it takes to throw that thing in 50 yards and co- compared to somebody who does it on a regular basis and this guy could be 150 pound uh, soaking wet and he's going up against somebody who's 225 if the guy who's 225 only does bench press and and squats, that 150 pounder is going to kick his ass when it comes to throwing that bag because he's used to that motion. But that's just one real easy example. Uh, the others are a little tough to explain without a um, visual representation. Absolutely, and, and you know what? And what I can do, and what we'll do on, on this also is is to check out one your social media page that has yep. a ton of those workouts. And when you say throw lateral, I can only picture it like I can envision. I mean, I've seen you do it, and <laughs> it's kind of like that motion of if you've seen someone like throw a hay bale sort of thing, where Correct. it's kind of that exactly. left to right, right to left motion, Perfect. loading it yep. into a it's, truck sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, um, it's the hay bale throw. And one of the things that that I took from you which really was just kind of a very simple trick, but really changed the, 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 the didactic work of it was on that same brute force bag, not using the handles because Correct. In, now, in the real world world, you're not going to have a nice convenient handle. Yep. So I was going to bring that up. One of the things that we neglect and it, it's important for us, right? I'm, I'm considering myself a first responder because I Hell still yeah. work with him and I was a special ops guy for a long time. Absolutely. So in the first responder world, that distal finger strength is so important, right? That distal phalange. And a lot of us have good grip, but, we, but we're unable to grab, you know, hold with our fingertips of something and, and, and uh, have a really good functional movement with that. 
so we have to work out that distal finger strength. You know, instead of grabbing the handles, grab that material. And trust me, you will, man, that void will become apparent in uh, near immediately, especially for those who never do it. Their fingertips, just the skin is going to be sore, you know, on their fingertips. And the next day, their forearms are going to be killing them. And that, and, and to add another element, at least to our profession, is you incorporate a lot of your PPE into that. So wear your fire gloves, yeah. wear gloves, wear like the shit you're going to wear really in the field. And yep. to really develop that muscle memory of what this is going to feel like if it starts to go awry in the real world or when you can't, like you said, trying to pick up something dexterity wise with a pair with a bare hand versus a gloved hand wildly mm -hmm. different Just yep and then the other thing guys need to throw in there especially those who let's say because i know a lot of fit guys who do a lot of olympic lifts and and they're fit you know they're fit and, and i know a lot of first responders who do that but th those guys need to mix it up for instance instead of doing a deadlift do a shovel deadlift do a suitcase deadlift you know load that one side uh, and it's going to make your, you know, if, if, if deadlifting is your thing and you want to PR it and see how many reps you could do at 400 doing that, that unilateral stuff is going to help your overall performance on that specific Olympic lift. Plus it's going to make you more functionally capable as well. But I love mixing stuff up and loading one side at a time, because I know that's, that's real, real world application. The same can be said for a squat a lot of guys who are fit in the first responder world love to squat and and if you have to do squats right you have to but they're primarily back squats yep so i would suggest to them stay away from the back squats load front front squats suck you know because now you've reduced the amount of weight uh because you can't lift as much front squat but the other thing it's safer for you, for your back, because you present a more neutral spine when you're doing a front squat. Additionally, it represents more of a real-world movement, loading stuff in the front. And then if you load it unevenly, even, even better. So it's just one of the things I throw out to guys, you know, get out of the norm, break the bonds of institutional inbreeding, don't be a, a victim of routine, because routine is the playground of a dull mind. And if you're living in a routine world, you become uh, a victim of complacent adaptation where you're really not making goals anymore or uh, making progress anymore. So it's just a couple of things I recommend to guys, especially as they're getting older. No, it's entirely accurate because when you start, as you were talking, I was running through the, the, um, list of like the regular job duties that exist when you get on a fire ground. And there was not one of them shy of maybe taking a section of charged, like five inch hose that weighs hundreds of pounds and having to like lift this thing up in a deadlift sort of fashion and then pull up where you need that, that emphasis on squat and, 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 and some degree deadlift. But, but also it's, when you have to do a, a a raise of a of a twenty four foot extension ladder that weighs seventy two pounds, or a thirty five foot ladder that weighs one hundred and twenty pounds, and the thing's twenty feet long, and you have to put that thing up to a building, a, a hammer curl is not going to be accurate to, to to strengthen that activity. If you have to hoist something from a third floor window with a rope and and mm -hmm. hoist a, a a nozzle or a line or a height or a extinguisher or a can 
off that, that's not going to be where um, a lap pull down is going to really help you. Right. Um, it, it, it it's really not. And just just simple things, you know, taking a you know, an axe and kind of taking a, taking a door down. That's one of the things that that I've seen from you quite a bit has just been you know the use of a, a sledgehammer and a rubber band or or mm-hmm. vice or just a rubber band in general where you have those large lateral movements with the resistance of a band that's going to play again not sagittal but in that 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 transverse plane when pet so when did you start to develop this program outside of um outside of the the i guess the the gym you know what took you what took you from a, a, a gym if you ever spent a lot of time in there what took you from the gym to like you, you know your famous driveway garage or your driveway gym well primarily it was covid the virus from china <laughs> you know the lockdown i mean i've always been even when i worked out in a gym i had most of my gear outside stones chains sleds that kind of thing um but now that i've been working out in my driveway minimalistic uh I have fallen in love with it. I will never return to a gym again. Now, the one thing I am missing, of course, is group dynamic, right? Because you get fired up from a group. But fortunately for me, I have the interwebs, and I have a large following. So the following is... You had had to start that over, didn't you, recently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you you bounced back pretty damn quick, though. Yeah, thanks to Joe Rogan on that one. That that was intense, man. Because I got taken down. Uh, and why not, no particular reason. I don't want to get into the politics of it, but my content is very clean. Yep. Uh, it's all basic dude stuff. It's all working out. There's nothing that's very, very clean content, but, uh, so I have a big following and they are depending on me to post a, at least a couple workouts a week, you know, an example of a power day example of a strength day example of hypertrophy example of speed and quickness that kind of thing so i know they're depending on me and guys will ask all the time bro what fires you up and i tell them if i am motivating you then you are firing me up you are the reason you know you give me inspiration and motivation because i'm getting older you know it it gets harder for me to get motivated and warmed up uh, my warm up is about like 20, 20 minutes now before I get after it, you know, where it used to be five. Uh, but yeah, I love my driveway gym. I love the minimalistic aspect of it. And, and it also encourages me to be uh, creative. So it, it, it really encourages my creative side because that's another fo- thing folks ask is where do you come up with this, these ideas or who, who do you get? It's like, bro, I, just exercise some imagination. I come up with them. And I might watch, like, news uh, and see uh, LEOs or firefighters doing their thing. And, I, and I'll see a movement that they're doing and struggling with. And I go, oh, perfect movement right there. Let me replicate that in my driveway with some bands or a sandbag or some kind of uneven weight or a stone. Or let me push my golf cart. You know, let me pull that thing. Uh, let me load unevenly because you're never loaded evenly in the real world. You know, it's very, very rare. Like that body, for instance, that 300 pound sack of turds. Yeah. That's so uneven, but, uh, I am very, very comfortable in that world now. Uh, and I, I, I have just fallen in love with it. I will never, ever, ever 
go back into a gym unless I'm guest instructing somewhere and I have to do it for a day. I mean, that, um, that really leads into, um, a big excuse. I think so, an excuse that, that I have, uh, have, and maybe will continue, you know, I, I fight the urge not to fall victim to it, but this, this, uh, um, this kind of the, the, this view, this look, this, you know, organization of, of a quote unquote, you know, special gym and right. looking at it and, and saying like, well, if I only, you know, and, and I've done, and I've I, and I, and like a piece of shit. I said this to, I, I, I've said this in my head to myself, like, man, if I only, man, I, I would work out if only I had a, if I had a squat rack, I could, I, I would, I would do everything if I, I, I had a squat rack and then, but then I'm such a piece of shit that where like, I'll, I'll, I'll say that and then I'll just bounce my brain to something else. Like, well, if, if I only had a pull up bar, then I could, <laughs> then I would really be better, you know? And really mm -hmm. it's just a victim's mindset that I just have to pull my shit out of and, and realize that what's, what's also in front of me that I'm also neglecting or looking at, or just, I'm just honestly, Pat being lazy is mm -hmm. what's in front of me are kettlebells and a sandbag and a weight vest. And I have, mm -hmm. I have, um, uh, eight, eight pound axes and sledgehammers. I have halligans. I have ladders. I have everything at work that can accomplish things. And I'm just having kind of that, that, that mindset when you, when you deal with, when you have people, when you train people that, um, you know, are, are, dealing with that mindset what do you what do you use to either break yourself out of either a, a lazy mindset for that day if you ever have one um or, or talking with folks that kind of are making those excuses all right so yesterday was a good example yesterday was monday uh thursday friday saturday and sunday of last week i had an event where i hosted uh 30 people uh for all four days and two of them were on the range, but even at night I went out with them, had a couple beers and constantly talked for those four days. So yesterday I was wiped out. I was exhausted. I mean, like once again, 56, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you hit a point where you're going, Holy crap. So the first thing is just show up. You know, it's a, it's a term that my buddy Wiss Whitlock, uh, I did a podcast with him about work ethic. And that he said that, he says, you know, the first thing you have to do is show up. And, and I have a different term for it, but I like his better. So number one, just show up. So that's what I did yesterday. I got, I got uh, some workout clothes on and then went into my driveway, turned some tunes on. I did not want to work out at all zero i had zero motivation zero drive but i stood in my driveway the sun was shining it was a beautiful day and i just kind of looked around and started walk pacing back and forth and then i put my gloves on and just slowly started working aqua bag just real slow so i showed up and now i'm getting the juices flowing and then you know i am motivated by heavy metal <laughs> so i, I couldn't tell up. i couldn't tell <laughs> And, uh, and then what happens is I think of a, a movement. I go, you know, it would be cool to try this movement. Let me try that. So now it's, it's, a, there's a new movement, you know, that I'm trying and you do 20 or 30 reps of this new movement. And now the juices start flowing more and you go, Oh, if I, can, 
that's kind of a, a push. Let me incorporate a pull. All right, that's a pull. Let me incorporate a transverse leg based. Okay, so I did that. Let me incorporate a throw. Uh, and then I just build around Robin. And yesterday I had one of the best workouts ever. And I had zero in the tank, zero. But he, the reward is immeasurable. Because my wife came home when I was finishing it. And she was like, holy crap, I can't believe you worked out. I was sweating my ass off. And I says, you know what? I am so freaking happy I did that. Because it, strong body, strong mind, right? So you release the endorphins and you start feeling better, thinking better. And uh, you start getting more focused. And I was able to uh, complete a whole day's worth of chores that I had no energy for whatsoever. Um, and then I slept like a freaking corpse last night, like a corpse. <laughs> because a lot of us, you know, like first responder world, special ops world, we have an issue with sleeping. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of it, for me, it's ailments. You know, I'm achy in my back and degenerative spine, hands go numb, or I'm just not working out hard enough. When you work out hard, when you have that good physical day, uh, you sleep a lot better. And sleep is so crucial, you know, to get those solid hours, you know, the solid RAM hours. Oh, it the, re the recharge is phenomenal. I mean, yeah, needed. yeah, yeah. Yep. And I don't sleep a lot anymore. I mean, if I'm, if I'm getting six hours straight uninterrupted and then maybe an hour of rolling around nap after that, <laughs> I'm good to go. I mean, I am like ready to take on the world. Yeah. The, the safety, so, net, the safety nap is pivotal. Yep. Um, so just show up. Just show up, number one. Just show up. Yeah, I forget who said it, but they said I've never, I've, I've never not enjoyed a, like that feeling after a workout. Like you feel just like accomplished, and even if, even if like what you're doing is just, uh, you know, something active to get your heart rate up, especially if you're not engaged in or or really you have no idea what the fuck you're doing, um, right. Just yep. to get your heart rate up, just to get your heart rate up to feel like you're, you're you're accomplishing something, I think, especially for those that are are not familiar with working out, I think is so huge. Um, Pat, one of the things that you've also talked about, which um, I, I didn't really connect the dots until I, he I heard you put it in this fashion, uh, related around um, diet. Yep, and. Uh, one of the, the best things I, th I think I've ever heard you say was you know, when you go to the grocery store, shop in the periphery of the grocery store. Yep. You know, nothing right. nothing good for you is in the center, shy of olive mm -hmm. oil and some salt and stuff like that. Um, yep. So when when did you um, start to really look at, at, at diet? Again, was it like mindset cultivated over time? Um, did you talk to the right people or, or how did you d like start to develop the, the, the diet that you have and what is kind of the diet that you, that you follow to kind of maintain your nutrition? Now, when we're younger, we could process crap, right? But we are what we eat. And I go back to Gittleson on this too. So late nineties, he talked a lot about diet and, uh, the importance of ingesting water. And one of the things I do religiously now, uh, ever since talking to him is, First thing in the morning, you get up, you go pee, you, you brew your, co your coffee is to power slam a full quart of water. Um, it, it, as soon as you hit, let's say, mid-40s and especially over 50, everything changes. Diet becomes so 
important because you can't be a human garbage can. You can't process crap. So um, I realized by eating clean, number a lot of folks think that to eat healthy is expensive, but it's really not. I mean, eat, and, and it's so freaking easy. All you have to do is eat food, right? So food doesn't come in a bag or a box. That's a product. With yeah. meat and veg, you could, you could eat as much of that as you want, really. I mean, meat and veg. Um, and and it, it's like a mystery to folks. They always ask me, what's your diet? You know, especially on the interwebs. Because they see this 56-year-old dude with an eight-pack and, you know, shredded uh, uh, delts and pecs. And, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, it's freaking so, it's, it's, diet's so easy. You know, there's no mystery in it. I don't follow a strict uh diet like uh you know uh uh like a trend i don't follow a stick trendy diet nor do i count calories i don't count grams i don't count meals there are days when i eat two meals there are days when i eat four times a day there are days when breakfast time for me is at noon there are times when breakfast time for me is 6 30 in the morning uh but the thing is i don't buy crap so therefore i don't ingest crap but i'm not a counter, for instance, if somebody orders me a slice of pizza, hell yeah, I'm going to eat a slice of pizza. Yeah, I'm, but the thing is, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't go out and and buy junk. I mean, I buy veg, I buy meat, and I garden it, um, and I I meal prep too. Because if you prep, see, prepping to me is is real important when it comes to when it comes to diet. If I make a big pan, something yummy with, let's say, burger, it could be part hamburger part elk burger uh some spinach some onions uh spice it up good throw some butter in there some good fat and i've got a big pan of this stuff when i'm hungry i'm gonna go get a big spoonful and put it in a bowl warming up and eat it but if i don't have that prepped what am i gonna go for i probably might think well my kids have bread and i can make a sandwich and maybe eat a bag of chips because that's instant food, which I don't want to do that stuff. Right. You know, I want to have that stuff made. And I'll usually prep a pan that's that's going to last me about two days. So I do that in the morning. And there, then I have food ready when I am hungry. Because I get hungry, like, real fast. Like, immediately. It just sneaks up on me. And I want to make sure that I have something clean to ingest you know right up the bat but yeah so shop at the periphery of the grocery market minus the bakery aisle because the white is red as soon as you're dead yeah you go into the guts for coffee spices olive oil that's about it really in the guts yeah that's all you need right there um and one of the things what um when you're when you're consuming food um you know there's a you know Firemen, you know, when they go into a fire, obviously they have a face mask on. And one of the jokes in the fire service is like, you never eat more than what your mask can hold because you might puke <laughs> it, right? Right. Um, and if you're, you know, when when you're eating, are you are are you going to, you know, how, how full? Like, are you eating full meals? Nope. Are you feeling that's full? Good, yeah. That's nope. That's a good. That's a great question. I love that. I do not. Um. I do not eat until I am full because, uh, nor do I work out until I'm incapacitated because I want to be able to jack somebody up 
or run 400 freaking yards at any given minute. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, so I'm careful about that. Uh, yeah, I don't eat until I'm bust. I'm, I, I like to say that I'm always a little bit hungry. <laughs> hey, that's, that's, a good, you know, what? that's a good place to be. Cause at, the, at one, you know, you're never, I guess, so engorged that you're like, you know, I can't do anything. No one touch me. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't go anywhere. You know, any, any activity I'm going to puke sort of thing. It's a perfect way to be. Um, so uh, I know we uh, we, we got to start cutting it loose here, but Pat, I want to talk about where did where did basic dude stuff Wednesday come from? Ha! I love it, dude. That's that dog has got hunt man hunt. That's that shit has freaking evolved and and just become giant. So, uh, November of 2019, I am in. My living room with my wife, sipping on some bourbon, my Ranger panties, recliner, in the white mode, you know. And we needed some appliances uh, replaced. And Rebecca, my, my bride, found some appliances. They all matched. Price point was good, rated good. And she said, hey, how about we buy these? And I said, perfect. And it was a full set of four things. Refrigerator, dishwasher, uh, stove, and microwave. And she said, yeah, I, I know somebody who could help us install them. I told her, I said, look, I can, I can install this stuff. She goes, you can? I go, yeah, man. I can, this is, I, and, and I started just playing with the words. I said, I said, I'm a dude. I could do stuff. You know, I'm a dude. Uh, I know all of the basic stuff. I don't know the advanced stuff. I know some advanced stuff, but I can do all the basic stuff. You know, the stuff that dudes should know how to do. I can't rebuild an engine. I can fix a car. I can't build a house, but I can fix a house. I know all the knots. I can hunt it, kill it, eat it. I know how to, you know, purify water, navigate, all the things. I know how to tie a double Windsor. I know how to treat a lady. I know how to bring you to orgasm. That's basic stuff that dudes should know. And then it evolved into basic dude stuff. And I wrote that down immediately. And we were cracking up because I said, what are some of the things I said? And I started drawing a list and I had two pages of things just like that. And I, and I ran it past her. I said, I think I'm going to start putting this out on the interweb, this basic dude stuff. And right off the bat, it, it, it with episode one, it, it just detonated. You know, I saw the amount of traction it got. So I think I'm on episode uh, Wednesday, uh, it'll be episode, what's tomorrow, episode 71, maybe? But yeah, it's I the love same, it. man. The, the content is like limitless. Like, at, yeah, it's crazy. Like, every week, like, I'm just like, like, well, okay, well, I have to learn either one, I have to learn that, or two, if I can, like, it's rare, but if, um, if one of your videos that you put out, I'm, if I can check all those boxes, like, I can do that. I can do that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a, that's a win. I'm good all week. Yep. I'm I'm good. I'm good at least, right? Yeah. Um, that's awesome, man. And, and, and okay, so let's back up. As 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 a dude, why do you think that's important? Why why is the stuff that you're putting out there? Why is that basic stuff that that each dude should know? Well, uh, for 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 a number of reasons, and not of not all of it's tying knots, you know, and and lighting. Oh, fires. it's it's you know, you said area of- beautification. That's my favorite one. Area right. beautification. Yep. Being, just being a good human being, taking in your neighbor's garbage cans, opening the door for your bride, bringing, bringing your wife. I bring my wife coffee every morning. And I think, you know what? That is freaking basic dude stuff. So that was one of my films, you know, 
Um, but here's, here's the unintended positive consequences that the, the, uh, the, um, uh, the side effect of that is I've got a massive little kid following massive. They send me notes all of the time. So more motivation for me to keep my content clean because I have little kids following this content. And then I've, I've had little kids inviting me to invite me to their birthday parties, you know, and, 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 and they send me videos from all over the planet, all over the planet. I get videos of basic dudes, kids doing whatever it is, little yeah. things and girls, gir- you know, because basic dude stuff knows no gender. It's human skills. And a lot of the, the things that I'm putting up there um, are uh, skills that most of us knew prior to, let's say, the 90s. You know, every kid knew how to change a tire, yeah. which now they need AAA for that. But so I think I think just rekindling some of those basic skills and how to be a gentleman, how to look somebody in the eye and speak with them, legibly, how to write how to draw an improvised map. You know, these things are, are dying. And, um, it, it, and it's a shame. It's, it saddens me, you know, appreciating Mother Nature. So there's a lot that goes into this basic dude stuff besides just, you know, kicking ass, taking names, and jump-starting a car. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. It definitely has morphed into, like you said, it, it knows it no, it, it knows no gender, but it, it, like you said, it just it's cultivated around a bunch of solid ideals that just make you one a better human and one that's like can become to some to some degree helpful in a situation whether emergency or not um you know i think everyone takes value in in knowing that if someone comes to you for help one it might not be easy for them to come to you for help but also it also feels gratifying to be able to help someone else out even if it's not an emergency situation if they need help you know wiring a wiring a lamp or a light or something you know you know random like that you know Mm -hmm. yep Um, yeah it's good stuff and i'm gonna keep doing it (laughs) yeah please do um pat how can people find you on uh on the interwebs the easiest way is tmax inc t-m-a-c-s-i-n-c tmax inc and I'm also uh, at uh, University of Badassery. Easiest ways. Awesome, um, Pat. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your time. I, I know you have tons of irons in the fire. Some uh, some that are on social media. Some probably don't know about. Some I'm probably legally not allowed to know about. Um, <laughs> and um, to, for you to carve out this time, I, I couldn't be more appreciative. Uh, thank you uh, for being so generous. Right on, bro. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Pat. Thank you, man. Have a great day and uh, be safe. All right. Thank you so much to Pat for, for talking with us. Um, he has so many things going on right now. And for him to give us his time like that, I, I can't thank him enough. I was super fortunate and um, I, I, I owe him so much for, for allowing me to talk to him. Um, if you haven't check out team X Inc, check out university of badassery and everything that Pat's doing and to continue Pat's uh, message, man, work out in that transverse plane, get us doing exercises that are outside that normal deadlift or squat. Those were important, but, but so much of our life and especially our profession in firefighting is related to the transverse plane. Pay attention to it and give it the attention it deserves.
So until next time, have a great fucking day, y'all. Bye.